You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series five, episode number two, for Monday, October 9th, 2023. Uh, happy Columbus Day, the man who brought civilization to the backward heathens and cannibals on the North American continent. Uh, to all of you out there, um, and uh, I am joined, it's JJ Sefton, by my colleague and co blogger and good friend CBD on a very, very somber and horrible uh, uh, Monday in the wake of what's going on in Israel. It is indeed horrible, and unfortunately, uh, there's plenty of blame to go around, both in Israel and in the rest of the West. Um, the, um, the acceptance of Hamas as an entity. Um, has been going on for far too long. Uh, the, the United States uh, funds Hamas indirectly. Uh, the EU funds Hamas directly, uh, and and every accommodation that we make for um, for détente or peace uh, with Iran means that Hamas is emboldened. Um, and the recent six billion dollar uh, hostage uh, insanity um, simply sent six billion dollars into the coffers of iran and they they know they can spend it on supporting things exactly what happened in israel two days ago bingo uh, a couple of things to note uh, as well first of all hamas is a terrorist organization they are hell-bent uh, on, on killing every jew not only in israel but in the entire world uh, so, uh, along with Really, that is the the goal of Islam, the religion, if you want to call it a religion, whether you want to say that there are moderates, not moderates, so on and so forth. One of the central tenets of Islam is uh, the, the, the death of Jews and unbelievers or their subjugation and the subjugation of the entire world into a global caliphate. This is this is the problem that we have is that nobody outside of stalwarts like our friend Robert Spencer and uh, uh, Pamela Geller, and among others, recognize this. And when you say this, which is a truth, and it's an undeniable truth, because it's broadcast on every, from every, uh, you know, mosque on every Friday afternoon or whatever it is, and called a prayer in every, in every sermon that they give all the time. And yet when you bring up this truth, you're the one that's labeled as racist and, uh, and, and uh, Islamophobic. And I believe at one point, Hamas, I don't even think Hamas was labeled as a terrorist organization. Maybe it was President Trump who finally did that. But to, to not recognize them as such is just, is, and that is just madness in the extreme. So we're dealing with people with, you, with whom you cannot have peace ever. It's just, it's that simple. Unless Islam as a religion globally and in each country that it's, that it's a majority in recognizes or wants to uh, reform itself to strike that little codicil out of its out of its one of its pillars, which is a, which is a non-starter. You're never going to have peace because they want to wipe Israel off the map, and then secondly, they want to wipe us off the map. That's just that's exactly that's exactly true. And uh, and the the conceit or the stupidity of the West is that there is going to be some uh, glorious reformation in Islam. That uh, when when we bring them Western culture, when we bring them technology, when we bring them the joys of of Western culture, which we have on which we have worked for 2,500 years, that they will immediately cast off the the seventh century savagery of this uh, revolutionary movement that uh, that pretends to be a religion. But the reality is that they will not do that. That they have been inculcated with the with the idea, with the philosophy that the Jews and the Christians are are in the way of the return of of their god 
And until we are gone, they their worldview is incomplete. And unfortunately, that's not going to change. Uh, Hamas uses that religion as a as a club with which to beat Israel. And unfortunately, the accommodationists in Israel and in the West and in, in the United States have accepted that. And, and, and as we have seen over the last two days, it simply will not work. We cannot accommodate that worldview. We have to destroy it. Otherwise, we will be destroyed. Absolutely. Um, and and the, the problem is we don't we don't, I don't think in the West we have the will to do this. Number one, as I stated, is that we refuse to recognize uh, the nature of Islam and, and what it is. I mean, this goes back probably before this, but for sure it goes back to 9-11. In the wake of 9-11, uh, one of the first things out of uh, George W. Bush's mouth was that we are not at war with Islam. Islam is a religion of peace, and we are at war with terror. Uh, I don't know who terror is, what terror is. Uh, is it a nation? Is it a, a people? It's not. It's a terror is merely attacked it. We are not at war with terror. We are at war with a quote-unquote pseudo-religion that is basically a totalitarian death cult that, and a political movement that seeks the subjugation of the world and has sought the subjugation of the world for the last 15, 1600 years by any and every means necessary. What they can't do violently, they will do by subversion, by lying, by, by wor worming their way into cultures that are unsuspecting and then just taking them over from within and imposing Sharia law before you know it, which has been happening uh, slowly and then more noticeably here in the U.S. and for sure is what's going on in, in uh, many places in Europe, most notably in the United Kingdom, in Germany and in Sweden, uh, among other places. And this is what they're all about. You cannot... You can't parlay with people who will not be parlayed with. You must utterly defeat them and destroy them and impose your will on them. And, uh, you know, look what we did with, with Nazi Germany to whatever extent. We took them over, we, we, we conquered them, and we imposed our will on them through denazification. Uh, how you denazify one billion Muslims is, uh, that, that's the, uh, that's, well, that's, that's the ticket. And, and that, again, that's, that's the other conceit that we're going to, you know, we're going to create this, uh, this Jeffersonian democracy in Afghanistan and Iraq. And then, you know, we're going to engage Pakistan and we're going to engage Indonesia and we're going to engage, uh, you know, the, the other third world shitholes, uh, that have embraced Islam or actually have had Islam thrust down, thrust upon them. Uh, and that's just nonsense. Uh, the the truth is that Islam is incompatible with Western with Western culture, and I know that there are pundits out there uh, who who differentiate between militant Islam and this sort of uh, you know twenty first century version uh, gentle Islam, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that that even exists. The idea that 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 militant Islam is anathema to the rest of Islam uh, simply isn't isn't backed up by the facts we see it today uh hamas is is supported by islam uh we, we see it we see it in the united states there's a there's a, a demonstration in times square today in new york city supporting exactly what happened uh over the last couple of days in israel and that's vile these are people who are anti-democratic they are anti-freedom they are anti-everything that western philosophy has has struggled for over the last 2,500 years. And and for us to assume that we can fix that in the, in the span of, of a couple of generations is simply insanity, it's stupidity, and it's arrogant. 
You know, on a positive note, if you can call it quote unquote positive, at least it exposes as if it needed any further exposing uh, the like the, the Democrat socialists and Marxists in this country for what exactly what they are and what they want to do to us in this country. There was one, if I could use the expression, see you next Tuesday, uh, you know, who from the Washington Post or something who retweeted a tweet uh, which said that this is what decolonization looks like. And I'm going, you got to be effing kidding me. And but I'm not. This is what they think. They think they, what they think about Israel is exactly what they think about America. That uh, ironically enough, on this Columbus Day, which they call uh, what is it, whatever it is, uh, Native Peoples Day or some bullshit like that, uh, they think America, Day, yes. they think America exactly is an illegitimate country. It was taken by force. Uh, the, the, the 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 you know the the imposition of of the Constitution is a white man's document meant to keep people of color down, and so on and so on, and all these horrible, hideous blood libels, which are such big lies, but. As we all know, big lies travel fast and uh, a lot of stupid, ignorant and foolish people believe them. And so, like I've always said, socialism and Islam are basically two sides of the same rotten coin. The only difference being is, uh, you know, the nice calligraphy and, and uh, geometric patterns and the pseudo-religious uh, trappings of, of Islam. But they basically have the same kind of ideology in mind. They want to impose a paradise on earth uh, with them on the top of the heap. And the only way to achieve that is by the destruction of everybody who stands in their way, their, their perceived enemies, which is, lo and behold, the same enemies, uh, Jews, Christians, Western civilization, and freedom. So there you go. No wonder you have these idiots like uh, Ocasio-Cortez and, of course, you know the Muslim group like the Brotherfucker up in Minnesota and rancid Taliban from Dearbornistan and so on and so forth. But this you know, I, is I remember uh, walking on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which uh, for, for the uninitiated, the luckily uninitiated, is a bastion of, of lunatic uh, left-wing uh, stupidity in, in New mm-hmm. York City, and, and rather wealthy, by the way. Um, I saw a, a middle-aged woman wearing some uh, stupid uh, slogan T-shirt, um, and she was wearing an Arab scarf, and it, it was something anti-Israel, anti-whatever. And I, I saw that. I actually took a picture of her, um, and she was quite offended by that, uh, which amused me to no end. Um, and I, I laughed inside because the first thing that would happen in a in a Palestinian uh, run Upper West Side was that she'd get a bullet in the head, but she simply did not understand that. And too many Americans and too many Westerners do not understand that, that the acceptance of their support on the part of these Islamic of these Islamic terrorists is simply it's temporary. It is not embracing their their politics. It's not embracing their philosophy. It's simply embracing their support. And as soon as that support is no longer necessary, they will be killed. You know, it's interesting, um, and, you know, back to the parallels between the, the, the socialist tyranny, the godless heathens of socialism and, and uh, Islam. Last week, there were a couple of very sort of interesting incidents or infamous incidents in New York City, or one in New York and one in Philly. In Philly, there was an, anti, an anti-police, uh, uh, I think he is a, a gay activist, who was, you know, tweeting that the, the reporting of crime in Philadelphia has been... Um, you know, exaggerated to cause to cause fear. And what happens to this guy? He got murdered during a home invasion in his uh, in his home. And then up on in New York, in uh, in Bed Stuy, I believe, uh, some left wing activists 
who was walking with his defund the police girlfriend got knifed and stabbed and killed. And, uh, and, and the woman refuses to identify the killer to the police, which is, which, which speaks volumes. And this is exactly the same kind of madness that's going on. It's these people just are such, you know, brain dead, true believers of, of what they want to believe in. And it's so false that they don't realize that they're going to be mugged by reality, whether it's by a knife from a crazy man that because they want to defund the police or because they support Sharia in the United States and view Islam and quote unquote Palestinians as oppressed people that when they liberate them, that they're, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, everything's going to be sweetness and light. And I also saw saw a story and I hate to say it. There was some uh, woman an American woman who has been held captive now in Israel, and she was supportedly, uh, you know, having, uh, she was an activist for, for Palestinian causes, like, you know, uh, children's schools and hospitals and all this other bullshit. So irony of ironies, she's being held captive by the very people that, you know, she she decries or or champions as victims of Israeli oppression. Uh, the the irony is dripping. It is unbelievable. There's a, a book written um, a few hundred years ago, maybe a few thousand years ago. Uh, there's a, uh, a phrase from uh, one of the um, books called Jeremiah, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. And these people are, are reaping exactly what they have sown. And mm-hmm. I feel I feel no sympathy, zero sympathy. And yep. it, you know, I, because it has happened hundreds and hundreds of times. And they simply do not learn. Well, okay, don't learn. Accept it because you have no other choice. This is what you support. This is what you're going to get. Anyway, let's let's move on to um, a little bit um, more uh, um, current stuff. I mean, we talked in general about what is what is going on in Israel and in the West, but um, the uh, the significant problems in Israel are a result, I believe, at least in part of the political strife occurring in Israel. And it is a result of the leftists who are trying to take control of the government through anti-democratic means. And what, what I mean by that is they are fighting viciously to maintain their grip on the Israeli judicial system. And the so-called right wing in Israel is trying to make the judiciary in Israel a little bit more accountable to the people. And as we all know, the left does not want to be accountable to the people. The left wants power for power's sake. And the the lack of focus on the external threats in Israel because of this incredible upheaval, social and political upheaval in Israel, um, I think has contributed to the, the breakdown in both military readiness and um, the, the the huge, huge failure of their intelligence op- apparatus. Yes, and a couple of uh, parallels here, obviously, to what's going on in this country with the with the lack of military readiness in this country being, you know, fomented and 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 pushed by radicals who want to turn the United States military, the last bastion of Americanism, uh, into just a woke experiment, or basically. You know uh, the the cultural revolutionaries uh, that are armed to the teeth uh, for the uh, for Obama and Biden and so on and so forth. But what's going on in Israel? A lot of it, of course, the Israeli left can is it has themselves to blame, but they have very huge allies both with the globalists, with George Soros, and people with deep pockets. And of course, this administration, this illegitimate junta in D.C. 
uh, of Biden, who has a hate on for the state of Israel, along with his with his puppet master, Obama. And they have been fomenting a lot of this nonsense as they've done in the past with Israeli elections. They tried to they tried to interfere with Israeli elections and, and get uh, Netanyahu ousted at least one or two times before. And they are the ones that are that are if not directly responsible, uh, certainly behind the scenes, pulling a lot of the strings and funding of, of the unrest and the protests, quote unquote, uh, that are similar in many ways to the Black Lives Matter protests that were happening uh, over the last few months uh, in Israel. So all of this is destabilizing. And in CBD, there was a very disturbing report that I read that much like the, the um, corrupted situation in the intel agencies in this country, there are reports that perhaps the high-level ranking officials within the Mossad are also part and parcel of this movement to oust uh, Netanyahu and to squash this this movement to help to hold the judiciary accountable. And if that's the case, that is really troubling. Well, unfortunately, I think you're correct. Um, the the uh, insertion of of overt politics into what should be a apolitical system, the military and the intelligence apparatus in Israel, um, has, I th- as, as I said before, has contributed to this issue. My guess is that they simply, uh, they saw the, the data coming in from Gaza and from, apparently there was a meeting between uh, Hamas and Iranian rep- representatives in Lebanon last week, and they saw it as just another iteration of, you know, a couple of Israelis getting shot, you know, maybe a uh, maybe a drone burning a couple of fields, you know, just just uh, business as usual. Um, and they figured, well, that's OK. You know, it'll it'll put a little bit more pressure on the um, the Netanyahu administration and perhaps it will it will help move him along. And so that the so that labor can take control and create the, uh, you know, the, the joyous socialist state that uh, Israel has uh, has consciously rejected. Um, but. I don't know that what the I think the the bigger issue is that this wide, huge attack wide as in, um, you know, on many, many fronts. But this huge attack on uh, from Hamas has punctured the aura of invent, of invincibility um, in, of the Israeli intelligence apparatus and the Israeli army. And it's going to take a long, long time to rebuild that. And the uh, unfortunate thing is that uh, time is not on Israel's side in this matter because it is likely, and it has been, I think it's been confirmed that Iran was probably and was, in fact, uh, behind the actual strategic planning of this attack, if not uh, the, the funding and the and the arming of the of the uh, of the animals that perpetrated. And as we all know, that Iran is now is very very close to to perhaps uh, going nuclear insofar as being able to to detonate a nuclear device and and then not long after that uh, God forbid weaponizing um, that that nuclear explosion and 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 creating nuclear uh, tip warheads to varying degree uh, varying sizes that can be aimed directly at state of Israel at Saudi Arabia and so on and so forth this is as I said Israel does not have time on its side and if this kind of shenanigans and 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 left-wing shit is going on inside the Mossad and inside Israeli uh, military intelligence, um, you know, they're, they're just going to, they're going to, they're going to commit suicide. And that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, when you have, you know, guys coming in on, in paragliders, bulldozing their way through the, through, um, through barricades, uh, so on and so forth and doing things that are like 
what the hell kind of bullshit is this that they're not in drones and so on and so forth. And there was pictures of, of, of Palestinian thugs captured an Israeli tank. I mean, how the hell was that even possible? This is just, uh, this does not bode well. And for sure, this, this uh, notion of invincibility that we had for a while, when we used to see reports of Israeli scientists uh, suddenly being gunned down, or Israeli, Iranian sci- nuclear scientists getting gunned down, or Iranian uh, facilities going boom, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it looks good. You know, the Mossad has its reputation, but this is, this is something that's going to wipe out that reputation big time, and that is dangerous. I agree. Um, the the over reliance on technology, um, and 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 I'm I was just as impressed as the next guy about the technology that Israel had deployed along the uh, the Gaza uh, borders and you know in Lebanon and and probably to a lesser extent um, along the Jordanian border. Um, you know they have these wonderful technological marvels, and they seem to have uh, made the assumption that that replaces people. But you know a, a one man looking at that border with a radio and uh, and a and a good telescope could have could have told Tel Aviv what was going on could have told the chief of staff what was going on in 30 seconds but instead they relied on these these technological uh, systems and it simply bit them in the ass and mm-hmm. I, and it I, it I, I'm I'm at a loss I mean it, it, Israel supposed, supposedly has this marvelous military, and yet they failed absolutely completely. There is, they did nothing right, and hundreds and hundreds of Israelis are dead because of it, and there will be a reckoning. Um, now, I hope that reckoning occurs long after the fact. Uh, they, have to, they have to consolidate um, the southern border. They have to push the, every single terrorist out. Then they have to raise Gaza. Gaza needs to be rubble. There is no other way to fix the problem. They need to put them into the Stone Age or farther into the Stone Age. For, and maybe in 50 years, it will be a problem again. But anything standing in Gaza in a couple of months is, is going to be a problem. Yep. You know, I don't understand. And, and I'm no, look, I'm no military genius here, but. I do know for a fact that the Islamic thugs love anniversaries and they love doing things on anniversaries and dates have a very, very special meaning. And it's not only was it a Jewish holiday, it's the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War where they where the surprise attack happened. And the fact that the Mossad and the army and whoever else wasn't even minimally prepared for the potential for something like that to happen again is just absolutely beyond beyond my belief to comprehend that. I mean, there's being asleep at the wheel and going, you know, going to shul for, um, you know, for Simchas Torah and God bless you for doing that. But surely, as you said, CBD, somebody with a freaking walkie-talkie and binoculars on the border, somebody paying attention. I mean, unbelievable that even something as simple as that, that they, they've totally forgotten the lessons of the past. And it just, that is, you know, because for us, for shit like that to happen to us is bad enough. But when something like this happens to Israel, I mean, it literally could be life and death instantaneously, given the size of the country and so on and so forth. Uh, for you know, them, one, of the, one of the issues for me, um, and as as many of our uh, listeners know, I am a, a Second Amendment absolutist. Um, but Israel has significant gun control. And I know that's probably a surprise to many people because it seems from from the outside that it is a martial country you know every every 
every able-bodied man and woman goes into the army for 18 months or two years and and they all can shoot and we see you know photograph after photograph of these sexy gorgeous uh 22 year old israeli women uh with their with their galils or their tavor rifles uh, and it's fantastic stuff but the reality is that most israelis do not have access to firearms and these people uh, on in the southern communities along the gaza border were murdered helplessly they could not fight back and and that is a powerful message to me and i hope that it is a powerful message to every jew in america and around the world get a gun learn how to use it have plenty of ammo and carry it whenever you can if at all possible absolutely and that that is a shock even to me in this day and age i i always thought that you know if you're a reservist and like I would imagine. I always thought like half the country, if not three quarters of the country, in fact, are in the reserves. If God forbid, a war like well, a war just did break out. But if a war in the event of a war, and they have a they have some kind of a weapon handy or two weapons, whatever, in their home, and they're able to use it. But you know, you have a, a there was a whatever it is a, a music fest in the desert there, and it's just hundreds of kids hanging out there, and just being slaughtered like freaking sheep. And or it, it's just it's it's mind boggling that nobody was guarding this or nobody had the presence of mind. Even in, in this day and age, when everything is being ramped up to the max, to not even look at the border and think that something like this could happen. Um, and wasn't only just a few years ago, I forgot when, maybe it was during the Obama years, when all those terror tunnels, were, there was attack involving that. They were digging underneath the border and popping up and shooting and, and maiming and killing uh, Israelis on the border because they dug they dug uh, tunnels underneath the underneath the border there. And that was allowed to happen. And bad as that was, it was no nowhere near as bad as this. But there's just a lack of either common sense or I don't know what's going on in Israel. And this, as I said, the clock is ticking and Iran, everybody has to be held accountable for this. This has to really be, you know, no, no quarter anymore. You really, like you said, CBD, you got to get the Rachel Corey bulldozers to, to go in. And, and I don't care. I don't care if they, if they're hiding behind children. I don't care if they're in mosques. I don't care if they're in hospitals. I don't care if they're in schools, you bomb, you bomb, you bomb them. That's it. And that's that's when they'll perhaps learn temporarily learn a lesson. But this 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 can't stand. And if they let it stand, they're just they're just begging for begging for it again. And if it happens again, it might even be their destruction. God forbid. So the Israeli defense ministers, a man named Gallant, um, said on uh, said, I think probably this morning, um, quote, I have ordered a complete siege on the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no few, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we are acting accordingly. And that is a significant change in the mindset in Israel. I think it's an extremely important one. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, the wonderful uh, gun sight videos that we, we have seen over, over the last 20 years of, a, uh, of an Israeli strike on Gaza. Okay, the third floor apartment, second one from the southwest corner, the third window. Okay, put a missile through there right now. That's wonderful. It's incredible stuff. It shows how how much Israel cares about collateral damage. It shows how much how how civilized Israel is as a country. But that time has passed. Um, we need we Israel, I think, needs to bomb the crap out of Gaza, as you just said, and we need to look at the destruction of Hamas as the only thing necessary. If 
if collateral damage occurs, oh well, that's that's it. It doesn't matter. Collateral damage is secondary to the primary, to the only goal of the destruction of Hamas. And unfortunately, what that means is that the possibly hundreds of hostages will be sacrificed. And if Israel considers them a bargaining chip, then Israel will lose. They cannot treat the hostages as anything more than a bonus if they are if they are saved. I know that exactly. sounds horrible, but unfortunately, I think that is the case. Well, here's the thing, as we've we've sort of skirted or not skirted, we've, we've discussed, I should say, the issue of what is the nature of a war. The war is where you break things, kill people, and make the other team cry uncle or destroy them or both or whatever it is. You don't just pussyfoot around over here. Um, you, I, and as horrible as it is, and I can say it from the safety of somewhere here in the Midwest, is that you have to consider these hostages as already dead. Forget it. They're, they're gone. Goodbye. And it, it's a war. And unfortunately, in a war, innocent people, such as the hostages, and if there are any innocent people or youngsters or people under a certain age who don't know what the hell is going on, if they get the chop, then so be it. I hate to say it, but it's on the heads of the people who started this fucking thing. And so it's on their heads that they killed their children. Because we didn't kill their children, they killed them by starting this war. And to end this war and to end this crap, at least temporarily, considering the nature of Islam, as we have discussed, then you have to be as barbaric, hate to say it, and even more barbaric than your enemy. You, there can be no quarter taken, no quarter given. You destroy these people, you impose your will, you bulldoze that fucking sewer into the Mediterranean, pave it over, retake it, and stake your claim and saying no more. And for me, I'm drooling at the prospect of doing the same goddamn thing in the West Bank. I don't care. Just do it. Get rid of them once and for all. Liberate freaking Judea and Samaria. And that is it. Want to have a war? Want to kill Jews? Fine. But we're going to freaking defend ourselves. And we're going to, you know, hate to say it. Somebody said ethnic cleansing. Well, you know something? Sometimes ethnic cleansing works. And that's what this is. And it has to be. Get rid of these people from your midst because they will never have peace with you. They see you as an enemy to be conquered and colonized. And to allow a cancer like that to metastasize, no matter what your goodwill may be, you ain't going to survive it. Period. End of story. Well, un unfortunately, you're correct. Um, now, I I'm not suggesting that Israel should ignore the plight of these of these hostages. And, and neither are you, of course. But yeah. they need to conduct an unrestricted war on Gaza killing as many Hamas operatives as they can. Now, along that, alongside that, they should try very, very hard to find these hostages and rescue them. If they can, that is wonderful. And I don't think there is a army better prepared to do both than the Israeli army. But unfortunately, the primary objective should be the destruction of Hamas. I agree. Yeah, I should have I should have phrased that, that that the hostages have to be a secondary consideration, uh, a close second, but secondary nonetheless. And from what I heard, there was a, actually about 40 or 50 of them have been they were they were being held hostage. The Israelis have already found a group of them. I have, again, I have no idea where, but I just read the article. Maybe it was in Breitbart that they have been uh, liberated and, and, and saved. Yes, and, they have. They've uh, so. I think they they got some hostages out of one of the southern towns um the uh the terrorists had had holed up in a in some building and israel went in and killed all the all the terrorists and and rescued uh as far as i can tell 
all of the hostages. By the way, you're, you're talking about ethnic cleansing. Um, one of the one of the great early Zionists was a man named Zev Jabotinsky, mm-hmm. uh, and he supported the idea of of whole of wholesale uh, move, movement of Arabs out of the land of Israel and back into Arab countries. And uh, I am moving uh, closer and closer to Jabotinsky's view. Um, the idea that that Arab culture, Muslim culture is compatible with the liberal democracy of Israel, I think is is naive in the extreme. It is. And the other part of the you know the 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 Muslim mindset is that regardless of history, the fact that Jews have been either it has been a Jewish land and a Jewish uh, country uh, or at least since for 5,700 years, whether continuously or not, Jews have been on, on that land for, for 5,700 years, uh, whether they were, you know, had self-determination or they were under the boot of an occupying force. But there was never and there never has been a Palestine or Palestinians. But the thing is, the Muslims who go there, who conquered the, with, under the Ottomans, under their crazy um, you know, belief system, once the land becomes Muslim, regardless of what it was before that, it can never go back to, uh, to, to whatever it was before. Once Muslim, uh, whatever, the, whatever the situation, always Muslim, and especially if Jews are there. So this is such a thorn in their, you know, it sticks in their craw, like, and I can't even find the words to describe it, how much they loathe the fact that there is one Jew, let alone an entire nation, uh, in their midst is just, uh, you know, that's the reason. That is ultimately the reason for all of this. And and so yeah. you are right. There cannot, Islam is incompatible with Western democracies, especially Israel. And of course, you know, once, uh, and then every other Western democracy, as we're seeing now in Germany, in France, in Britain, and little by little, scarily enough, right here in the United States, because once they take over, that is it, my friends. They will, this will become an Islamic Republic sooner or later. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Britain, uh, there have already been attacks on uh, um, on Jewish businesses in nor- in the north of London uh, mm. and graffiti about, uh, you know, free Palestine and all that kind of crap. By the way, I, I mentioned Jabotinsky. Um, he he also didn't think it was possible to expel uh, the Arabs from from the land of Israel. So it is it, you know, we, we speak glibly about about this idea um it is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do politically logistically uh and morally uh it's it's a difficult decision to to make yeah you know it's funny the dichotomy of things and it sort of explains why historically why the west and israel we have acted a certain way and why islam has acted a certain way which is barbaric it's because we are both um blessed and hampered by an enlightened attitude towards humanity and and uh, and people, uh, be they enemies or or be they allies or whatever it is, that we show mercy, and these people show no mercy whatsoever. And unless, as I said, we can, you know, gotten God bless us, unless we can turn that off and become a little bit more reptilian uh, in the in the act of self preservation, uh, I don't know that we have much of a chance. Well, that's cheery. Um, so let's take a break and we will come back. Uh, I would like to discuss some of the, uh, the people who have said monumentally stupid things and uh, either implicitly or explicitly have supported Hamas's movement into Israel. 
We'll do. Back in a flash, don't touch that dial. back it's jj sefton along with uh, cbd for the cut jib newsletter speaks podcast uh while we were off the air we were discussing our next topic which is the abject you know ir- incredible stupidity and ignorance and arrogance of uh, of the pundit class that uh, that unfortunately we have to deal with but it needs to be addressed and i think cbd you're going to kick off with one of yours and my favorites oh yes yeah max boot um, the Washington Post's resident retard uh, really stuck his head up his own ass with a, um, a column that he wrote a couple of days ago. I'm going to quote um, the penultimate paragraph. Here it goes. Ultimately, Israelis and Palestinians have to recognize that they have no alternative but to live side by side in peace. Responsible Israelis, who are largely missing from Netanyahu's far-right cabinet, know that Palestinians' lives have to improve to prevent more eruptions of violence in the future, unquote. Hey, Max Boot, stick it up your ass. First of all, the Palestinians in Israel and, by the way, in Gaza are doing a hell of a lot better than the majority of Muslims across the world. If I were a Muslim, I would hightail it to Israel. Because there, I would have religious freedom. I wouldn't be being blown up. I wouldn't be blown up in my mosque by the Shiites down the street or the Sunnis down the street. Uh, it's safe. I'd, I'd be comparatively wealthy. And uh, I, I could integrate myself into a wonderful liberal democracy, a wonderful, technologically aware first world society that would is a, a wonderful, wonderful place to live. So... Max Boot, get a clue. Yeah, the fact that, yeah, yes, Netanyahu is far right. Gee, I wonder what he means, you know, Donald Trump exactly. That's what, he, what he's aiming at, really. But I mean, far, give me a freaking break. Must live side by side. I mean, I'm not going to go into it, folks, because you've just heard CBD and I discuss the litany of problems with Islam and uh, with with Palestinians, quote unquote, and, and 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 back and forth. We've had a peace process now for how many freaking decades? And every time Israel gives up something, what happens? They get kicked in the ass with another terrorist attack and more and more and more because they don't. One side does not want peace. One side does. And unfortunately, the side that does is not willing to go be as warlike as possible to ensure peace, its own peace. Forget about the other side. But Max Boot's a total – he's a product of Foggy Bottom. That's all he is, or, or that mindset of this uh, you know, internationalist bullshit that somehow America is the problem and Israel is the problem. And if only America and Israel would just uh, would get along and stop uh, doing whatever it does, uh, you know, then, then everything will be sweetness and light. And he's light. And he's so fucking you know, – he's a clueless idiot. Or he's not clueless and he's lying through his teeth. I tend to think the other because – the latter because – I mean, it's so painfully obvious what's going on. You really have to know what you're saying to do that. If I'm not. Oh, no, I don't think that's fair to Max Boot. I think he's simply stupid. 
Yeah, well, yeah, there is that. But yeah, gee, but so, that kind of stupidity kills. That's the problem. Yeah. So my my next favorite one is is a guy named uh, Mike Pence. Um, Pence. A, a, <laughs> yes, Mike Ponce. You know, he used to be um, modestly important in the United States. Uh, I don't know that he is ever going to be important again. And he's certainly a rancid piece of shit because he just accused, essentially accused um, Donald Trump of isolationism that has that is complicit in the attack on on Hamas's attack on Israel. And he's claiming that America, because of 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 Donald Trump and his supporters is retreating on the world stage, which is absolutely nonsense. If you look at, at Donald Trump's four years as president, he did not retreat on the world stage. What he did was he consolidated the world stage and he told people that either they are for America or they are against America. And he is going to support them when they are for America and he is going to reject them when they are against America. And I find that to be a refreshing uh, geopolitical stance and mike pence of course is this neocon who wants america in every little shithole on earth uh you know uh probably boots on the ground in 180 countries on earth because that's what gets him off now the fact is that th- that has failed us over the last 50 years it has failed us catastrophically it didn't work in iraq didn't work in afghanistan it will not work because these people do not want as i as as i said earlier in the podcast they don't want jeffersonian democracy but mike pence wants to thrust it down their throats at our expense you know cbd i you know i may not be the sharpest tool in the shed but uh, correct me if i'm wrong uh, Mr. Ponce or Dents or whatever you want to call him, wasn't he the vice president under Donald Trump at the time that he was saying that Donald Trump was uh, dangerously isolationist and so on and so forth and caused the problems we're seeing today in Israel? I mean, I seem to recall him being, you know, the vice president at the time. So I find it rather interesting, as in disgusting, that he goes after his former, uh, you know, running mate and uh, and former boss. But he not only went after him, he went after DeSantis and Vivek Ram. Swami for essentially the same thing. What a freaking tool, just a complete useless political fucking hack who really is just, you know, it's just just beyond disgusting. I mean, shut your bloody cake hole, go and have dinner with with your wife and make sure you're your chaperone so nobody accuses you of, of uh, raping a waitress or something. But just yeah, you know, he, this, this idea that that uh, that Donald Trump uh, quote retreat on the world stage is is simply nonsense. Um, Mr. Pence uh, has conveniently forgotten that Donald Trump uh, created something called the Abraham Accords, which was the first substantive, rational, logical way to create peace in the Middle East. Not peace, but certainly uh, lack of war. Let's put it that way. And it was a wonderful thing. And unfortunately, people like Mike Pence didn't like it because it didn't mean boots on the ground. What it what it. What Donald Trump did was connected the people who wanted to be connected. And yep. Pence did nothing like that in his entire career. And for him to to criticize Donald Trump or Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis for for some sort of 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 the r- ridiculous and and incorrect isolationism uh, is is simply stupid as well as being very very dangerous now the good thing is that mike pence doesn't have a fucking chance in hell of being president of the united states i doubt very much he's going to uh 
get closer than third in, in any of the presidential primaries. So, okay. Mike Pence, your 15 minutes are up. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's our, our colleague uh, and, and blog, co-blogger in arms, Joe Mannix, had a, had a comment to someone this morning on the Morning Report. And he basically was saying, look, I may not be a fan of Donald Trump right now and what he's doing vis-a-vis the, the uh, presidential race. But make no mistake, when it came to foreign policy, the Abraham Accords, uh, putting Iran in, in a box, really, and isolating them. Uh, the, putting North Korea in a box for the first time ever, uh, telling the, the red Chinese that you know things are going to be different with his tariff re- regime. For the first time, America in, in many, many years, since certainly since 9-11, was on the upswing once again. And these bad actors, if they weren't you know overthrown, they certainly were manhandled in a way that they were never manhandled before. And America, and he, and Donald Trump was the first president in I don't know how long who did not have America go to war anywhere, and that was a huge thing. And he didn't have to. And he, he, he as I said, as as we've been saying, all these foreign policy, whether they were victor major victories or they were successes was something to behold. And it was an amazing thing. And for Mike Pence, who was there when it happened, for him to all of a sudden spout this crap is just, you know, it just reveals so much about what he is, which is basically, you know, just a political snake. Absolutely. He's a a craven political animal. And he he has displayed that to us very, very obviously. And, and, you know, turning this into, into a political attack two days after Possibly thousands of Israelis were murdered by these savages is disgusting. Even even if he had, you know, an ounce of truth in what he said, which I do not believe, he should have shut his mouth until things worked out a little bit. But no, uh, Mr. Pence is, as you point out, a, a political operative. That's all he is. That's all he ever was. And whatever respect I had for him uh, is gone. One hundred percent. Long gone. Yeah. So there you know, was a, a an interest. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say. You know. Well, no. Go. You go ahead. No. We'll, I'll, I'll, whatever. Well, there was an interesting uh, editorial in the Times of Israel by a man named Haviv Retigur, and at my first thought was that I disagreed with him. And the title is "A Wounded, Weakened Israel Is a Fiercer One." And an acquaintance of mine, uh, whom I met uh, through Ace of Spades, uh, sent me the article, um, and she she saw thought it as a ray of hope. And and my first comment to her was, no, I disagree. But as I think about it more, I think it does make a certain amount of sense. His his point is that it, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think the point is. And that is that Israel no longer has that aura of invincibility that I mentioned, but that might be a good thing for Israel, for the people of Israel. And because they they need to refocus on what is important, and that is the protection of the state of Israel against its enemies. And go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, and, and the protection of, against its enemies at any cost, by any means necessary. No longer putting the gloves on, no longer, as you said, CBD, putting a missile through a window on the third floor on the northeast corner of, of 25th and Boogie. But instead, uh, doing like the Eighth Air Force and fucking carpet bombing Dresden without any consideration, and uh, I, I think the positive, the side of this, of this sort of vaunted invincibility and magical uh, ability to defend itself, being if not uh, exploded, then certainly dinged uh, with this attack, 
you know, when you, when you're cornered like that, it leaves you, it sort of lets you take the gloves off next time and say, well, we have to, we have to do what we have to do in order to get it back. I'm going to read a, a paragraph from, from this article. And the more I, the more I read it, the more pleased I am with it. And it, um, anyway, so there are, there are many different kinds of power. There is the power of the confident, safe, and strong, but there's also the very different sort of power of the wounded, weak, and desperate. These are psychological states, not objective realities, and pivoting from one to the other changes everything. That's quite perceptive, and I think that's 100% accurate. I think that is what is going to happen in Israel, and um, I withdraw my reservations about this about this article. I think he is correct. You know, I think that is a very, very cromulent observation about, uh, and it's sad that it had to come to this to let that happen, but you know, sometimes things do happen and things change and nothing stays the same as we all, you know, change is inevitable uh, on many fronts. And, and so for this to happen with Israel, perhaps there is a ray of, of light and a ray of hope that the, the national psyche there will change so that they, they no longer necessarily have to give a damn about what the world thinks, about what anybody thinks, and that they understand that you can't, you cannot have peace with people like this. And you just have to do your best to defend yourself and defend your people to the best of your ability and to hell with peace. And if they want peace, then well, whatever, they'll have to prove themselves. But that's a, you know, that's a very, very tall order, but I I do agree with that. It's, you know, I hope it's not the fact that it's a, it's wounded to the extent that it's the Jews of the Warsaw ghetto, but uh, you know, hopefully it's, it's America after Pearl Harbor. Um, Yes. An excellent point. And, And I mentioned earlier the, um, the gun control in Israel. And I think that I have read that that is changing already. Um, and I think that, that, that Israel needs to uh, return to its roots and that every, you know, the citizen soldier, every man and woman in Israel should be armed, have a, or at least have access to weapons and, and enough ammunition with which to defend themselves and to defend their country, to defend their religion, to, to defend their way of life and unfortunately to be the tip of the spear of western philosophy of western exceptionalism and israel needs to return to that very very simple attitude and i think that it will be a a better country uh in in, for the next generation well let's hope uh, israel does not have the equivalent that it seems to of uh, hawaiian judges who will say no that's unconstitutional we won't let you do that (laughs) <laughs> and unfortunately, because the the judiciary in Israel is hard left, and they're going to they're still going to be fighting tooth and nail. But we'll see if uh, if that's a different situation. But yeah, I, the, I, 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 I I haven't seen very much politicking uh, over the last couple of days in Israel. In fact, one of the uh, um, the members of the these crazy coalitions that Israel's insane parliamentary system creates uh, announced that uh, if if Netanyahu is willing to essentially declare war on Gaza that he is going he will join their their government without any other preconditions and that's the kind of thing that we need from from their politicians and unfortunately for our politicians and and that's where Mike Pence really stepped on his own dick because he he violated that 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 the cardinal rule and that is that we need unity in times of strife and uh boy if you needed any more reason to feel contemptuous of mike pence there it is no absolutely. Boy, you think i'm fixated on mike pence that piece of shit <laughs> mike dense bonds whatever 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, anyway, it's, it's typical, but anyway. Yeah, so we're running a little long, um, but uh, I, I hope that we haven't uh, lathered on too much. Um, I, a, a little bit of a, uh, a lighthearted note, um, I, I just returned from a uh, trip through the Mountain West, and I was reminded yet again how absolutely magnificent our country is. The United States of America is still the greatest place in the world, and for all of our hopefully not existential problems. It is a fantastic place. The people are fantastic. The land is fantastic. The everything about it is a, is a wonder. And, uh, I, I recommend to all of my fellow New Jerseyites, New Jerseyans, uh, leftist lunatics, mm-hmm. I don't know, to, uh, to visit America sometimes because unfortunately we, you know, we in the Northeast and in the, uh, the leftist pockets, uh, scattered throughout America, don't really have any idea what the uh, the true sense of America is. Yeah, you have to see it to believe it, really. And uh, unfortunately, the the insular knuckleheads on the coast and in the usual blue enclaves who they regard America as flyover country will will probably never get a chance to see it. And of course, if they do, they'll, oh, look at that. The Grand Canyon. Isn't that lovely? It's too bad white people stole it from the indigenous people. Happy Columbus Day. But that'll probably be their reaction. Am I a cynic? Of course I'm a fucking cynic. What can I tell you? Anyway, I think we've reached uh, the end of our uh, of our broadcast today. We have gone on, but it's it's an important one. And there's many, many important subjects, not least of which uh, about Israel, not least of which because we're, we're, we're Jews, but also because we're Americans and we, we're, we're also civilized western to the extent that we're civilized but we're we're lovers of western civilization and do not want to see it subsumed uh with an axis of evil that uh, includes you know 7th century murderers and uh 19th and 20th century murderers but uh, of a more refined variety from the ivory tower but anyway um prayers for the state of israel prayers for the united states of america for cbd it's jj septon thanks for listening folks and please if you can do hit the tip jar it keeps us going and we appreciate it more than you know and we will see you real soon uh perhaps with a special guest on our next episode coming up uh, towards the end of the week thanks for listening Oh, actually, we might have two special guests over the next couple of episodes. So uh, even more reason to hit that tip jar. And quite seriously, folks, thank you very, very much for supporting us so generously. And thank you for listening.